bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 28. Is Zane top 10 all time right now? Welcome to the podcast. I am Jesse, aka Cypher, aka You Get It. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Bottom of the Smash Mountain. We have Pikachu942. That's right. Pikachu942 is here to talk about so many things. We went back and forth on so many things, not just the origin stories and maybe three other topics. We bounced around all over the place. So we did not spend <laughs> a significant amount of time talking about whether or not Zane belongs in the top 10 melee players of all time, even now. But we do talk about that, and we talk about many more things. So please, enjoy this interview with Pikachu942. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so excited to be joined by Pikachu942. Pika, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. I think I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> No, if you if you're coming in and you're not feeling super fantastical, awesome, that is perfectly valid, perfectly valid. But I hope that we can have a fun conversation here about you, your melee journey, all that good stuff. And I think a great place to start is the beginning. When did melee become a really important thing in your life? Uh, well, let's see. I first got melee when I was six, when my brother gave me his GameCube after he got a Wii. Um, and then I just, I've been playing Melee forever. It's always been one of my favorite games since I first played it when I was super young. And, uh, I would say I got really into it. Uh, the first tournament set I ever saw was, uh, Mango versus Taj at Genesis 2 back in 2011. Way long ago. Now, is that the put down your controller dog? Is it that yeah, set um, that you're referring to? No, I'm talking about the winner's one. The winner's set. The one before, the one Taj Oh, where won. Taj beat Mango. Yeah, that's the first one I saw. I also saw the one Mango beat him. <laughs> but you're right, you're right. That, that was on the loser's side. I had totally forgotten about that. And that was the first one you ever saw live, or just the first set, period? Um, well, it's, it was both. Because I saw that there was a Smash tournament going on. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. This was back, like, it was before Twitch, but it was streamed on something else. I think it was, like, Ustream or something. Uh... And it was, uh, and I watched it, and it was okay, and I liked it a lot. And then I watched Smash on and off throughout tw throughout the rest of 2011 and 2012, really infrequently. Um, then, then Evo happened, and then the Doc happened, and I got really into it again. And then, well, I got really into it for the first time. I posted a lot on Game Facts and everything, uh, and then. Uh, I got called out at one point on GameFAQs by somebody, I'm not going to name who, that I didn't know anything about Melee at all, and that and I should just go, and that really hurt me. So I left, and I spent the next year just literally learning everything I possibly could about Melee, and then I came back, and now I'm like known by people who know me as like the person who knows like every player, everything about Melee, which makes me happy. Let's go. Uh, how about this description? One of the co-founders of Smash History alongside Edwin Budding. That's you, Pika. That's so cool that even if you get this super dumb comment from somebody who's an internet stranger, you were able to take it and use that to motivate yourself to learn more about the game and about the players. Do you, do you feel like you want to appreciate that sort of a story or does it still like carry some kind of negative thought and, and emotion in your in your mind to this day uh no i'm like i can look back on it and be happy because it's what drove me to do what i want to do and do everything like with smash history that's that started when i started posting these really surface level top tens on game facts um for each year and then edwin saw it uh, Edwin was also on Game Facts at the time, and he DM'd me. He was like, I really like what you're doing here. We should go more in-depth and post this on our own site, because a lot of people would really enjoy this. And I was like, okay, sounds like a great idea. And then we just started doing it. Now, I wouldn't be familiar with Smash history, so 
this is something that I would be very interested in learning more about. Does this website still exist somewhere? And do you have any other fun stories that you can think of with those earlier days where it's you and Edwin budding out here on the streets of Melee? <laughs> on the streets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the website is still up. Um, it was it was Edwin's personal website that he decided to post them all to. So it's called BigNoke.com. <laughs> <laughs> Because his name's Anok. What is that? Re- I don't even know what that's referencing. His, if I'm being honest, uh, his name's Anok. His like actual first name. So. Oh right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he so we made a big Noak. I don't I don't know what that means. Maybe it's like I don't know. Yeah, Edwin Budding is no, not. You don't. <laughs> yeah, Edwin Budding's not his actual name. Edwin Budding is the name of the guy that made the lawnmower. <laughs> I, I was vaguely aware that that was not his real name, but if I was being, if I'm being honest, I had no idea what Edwin Budding's real name was. I was kind of curious if I would ever get to the point of getting to have him on to the podcast to do an interview, and that would be one of my questions. But now I know, and yeah. that's it's really cool that in the game fact days, I don't know if I've talked to anybody who was a regular poster on there because let's see if this was. 2012, 2013, 2014 time. Reddit was definitely a thing, and Twitter was a thing. So, why GameFAQs? Uh, GameFAQs was just always the site I frequented since I was really young. And it just so I went to the melee board to see what people were talking about, and I saw that it was still it was still a little active. So I decided to start posting there. It just it was just like I like GameFAQs. I've always gone on GameFAQs, so I've always liked that. I posted on there for a long time. Uh, I want to say until like 2016, 2017 is when I kind of like stopped fully going on Game Facts a lot. I still go on there a little, but. Just to make sure that the people know. Yeah. Like as in that they know, that, hey, look, I, this, yeah. these are yeah. still my stomping grounds. If any of y'all are getting any funny ideas about running this place or anything. <laughs> Did you feel like you were at the top tier of Melee Game Facts posters? Uh, yes, absolutely. Not to brag or anything. <laughs> but this is this hey this is your interview you get to talk your stuff while you're up here <laughs> yeah i had a thing i had a thread that was a pikachu 942's global smash rankings and then it would say the year and i did it for 2015 and 2016 i think i did it for 2017 too where i did i didn't do just do melee i did 64 i did melee i did uh and whatever the new game was and it was uh and i would update them weekly after the tournament so it was like a rolling ranking Wow. And I actually was able to find your Pikachu942.blog where you have articles written here about all-time Melee Top 100 another year. And that was the latest one that you did Mm -hmm. right at the start of the pandemic. I might be getting too far ahead in the timeline, but that's something that you had kept up with even up to the time where land started to not become a thing. So that's really cool that you wanted to do that despite the fact that there were quote-unquote more official things like the MPGR and I guess Melee It On Me did it for a little while, the top 100 rankings as well. What made you want to keep doing it even if you were not the official official source of top 100 best Melee players? Well, first of all, um, I'm just really happy I decided to wait until after Summit to make my last one. It was just perfect timing. Just... (laughs) uh, but then after that, I, I just want to, my thing with it is just, I've always been really interested in that kind of thing, you know, all time rankings, you know, greatest of all time and stuff. That's why I wanted to do the original years, like from back at when they didn't have top a hundred. That's why me and Edwin went and redid those with retro. I always wanted to make an all time top a hundred. That was my ultimate goal. And we made it in 2018. I think it was 2018 uh early 2018 like march or something and then it was and i was really happy with the reception to it it was really positive reddit was all over it there were some top players acknowledging it there were some sponsors acknowledging it and it like it just made me looking at everything and fine-tuning it because it's what i care about a lot i really love that all-time ranking stuff it's just one of my favorite things to do and this is actually something interesting that's crossing over in my brain a little bit. I was not aware until very recently of the existence of the all-time top 100, mm-hmm. but I was watching Husband's stream. So Husband has come back into the scene a little bit here. This is the 
this is the husband of Team Ben that like way back when starting the stream again, doing coaching sessions with <laughs> not that he's coaching Zane. Zane is coaching a husband yes. <laughs> to make that clear. And those are great videos on YouTube, by the way, on Zane's YouTube channel. But I was watching husband watch through the doc for the first time. He had never seen the doc apparently. And he at some point referenced the fact that he said very assertively, I had a better career than wife in Smash, but because wife was all over the doc, obviously more popular. And it was hilarious how we ended up in the, it, like back to back on the top 100 all time melee players, but I was still one ahead of him and I'm happy about that. Those, those were his general comments, but that would go back to you then if you and Edwin teamed up on making that all time top 100 list. Yeah, that was, uh, that was us. And uh, I very deliberately put husband above wife because husband did have a better playing career than wife, but wife was more well known. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Husband was like top 15 at some point. He was very good. Uh, so yeah, it was great. That was such a fun experience. Uh, uh, Edwin did a lot of the writing and I did a lot of the stat keeping. I kept all the numbers. I still have my gigantic spreadsheet that I update pretty much daily of like all the tournament results. I have every single notable tournament that has ever happened in the history of the game on there. I went in depth as possible. It's just, I just love keeping that up. It's like one of my favorite things. So how many of these tournaments do you get to go to yourself when we're talking about from 2000? Well, not that you immediately started attending tournaments when you started watching them on streams, but when did you start trying to go to tournaments or have you not been able to go to many? Um, I've gone to like a, a decent amount more as time has gone on because when I got into Smash, I was really young. I was like 11, 12, 13, and nobody really would be able to take me to tournaments at that time, especially like ones like across the country and everything. Nobody would want to do that. Um, especially cause they get nothing out of it. They're, we get no money. We get nothing cause I wasn't very good. So the first, um, the first big tournament I remember going to, cause I went to locals before this, but the first big tournament I remember going to was, uh, oh God, it was, uh, KTAR 11 in late 2014, which was this historically awful tournament. They had like eight events. There was no event cap. They had like smash four doubles. They had smash four triples. They had all this crazy stuff. It didn't run on time. They had to cancel the tournaments. It was an awful experience. And wow, then, they had to cancel it. And then my next big tournament I went to was Apex 2015, which I'm sure you already know how that went. <laughs> Vaguely, yeah. <laughs> yes. But you, th this was the second one in the row of like, this is supposed to be the big one, big old Super Bowl of Melee. And you're like, yeah, we're finally going to correct all the mistakes from KTAR 11. Lessons learned, right? Oh, no, uh, I was still say KTAR 11 was probably a little worse from a tourney running perspective, but Apex 2015 was worse as like the whole package with like the hotel and everything with the towel and the fire alarm. Oh my goodness. It was just a ridiculous thing. It just, I had watching the tournament was great though. I it's still one of my favorite spectator experiences, but it's terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible experience actually being there. <laughs> as, as someone who was there and you are very careful to keep track of like you said things that are happening in melee on a daily basis what did you think about someone like turn down for walt making a documentary about it i was very happy about it um it was uh it was a pretty good documentary i would have liked for him to go more in depth on stuff but that's just me i'm like very like you have to go as in, in depth as possible on everything like, if I make something, it has to be, like, three hours long going over, like, one set of Melee. I'm just, I'm very bad about that stuff. So, like, so like even the book of Melee that Edwin wrote that I helped, that I, like, read the beta version and helped edit a little. He, um, just, uh, even that, I'm like, it's too brief. you got to go more in-depth. This thing has to be, like, 3,000 pages. It has to have everything that's ever happened. I'm so bad about that. <laughs> I need to know everything. So here's a question that I think might be interesting to you because you'd be able to provide a very good ex uh, perspective on this. What old school Melee player, let's just say a prominent player from between the beginning of the game's competitive meta in 2002 up to maybe prominent 2010. So I guess that would be 
like when Melee was right in the middle of its dark age. Mm -hmm. A player like Husband, for example, who's trying to quote-unquote come back, or even other players like DA West is doing some streams and entering Xanadu recently, I believe. Of all those kind of players, who do you think stands the best chance of being able to compete in today's meta, possibly shooting for top 100, or even who would you want to see try to make a return into the Melee competitive sphere? Oh, God. That's that. That's a loaded question. There are so many players from back then that, if they tried really hard today, they could probably be like pretty good. Uh, not like amazing. I think there's very few from back then that if they came back now, they could be like an amazing player again because the game has just evolved so much. And if you've been out of it for that long, you're just it's gonna be really hard. Like Ken came back after five years, and it took him a couple years to get back to like being really good. And he was Ken, so it's just like. Other people that were around that were not around that long, that haven't been around in a long time, are just it's gonna be really hard. I don't really know of anybody. As somebody who I'd personally want to see, um, um, I've been watching Ken to bring up Ken again. I've been watching Ken stream where he just clowns on people on Netplay. And I'm just like, uh, I want him to enter tournaments again, because he's still so good. And he could be so good if he wanted to play more. But he's old and his hands hurt. So <laughs> yeah, and I think at one point uh, I was watching some of those streams as well. Not not as much as you. Let's just make that clear. But he was saying something to the effect of, "Yeah, this isn't even really like a a, a quote unquote GameCube controller." I think he was using some other controller, and he's still just like yeah. taking these Falcos to school because yeah. he's still got that punish on lockdown. And if they don't know what to do, if they can't do the newer age defensive mechanics and schemes, he'll just take them downtown. Ken combo, keep it moving. Yeah. And, and so that, that just makes you go, oh, if you could just refine that a little bit, you could just be, be like Zane, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is not fair. Ken Ken was that Red Marth first. Yeah, Ken Ken's still Red Marth in my head. It's not Zane. Uh, right, yeah. Z Zane can be the Red Marth when he starts using side B. He has to use side B like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and let's not forget counter, also a classic. Yes, counter too. Dude, Ken still yes. does that a rollback and kills everyone. It's so funny. <laughs> it's great. And uh, this is making me think about the first set of Melee that I remember watching very clearly, which was Ken versus PC Chris, MLG 2006 New York finals. And that, of course, that's a classic set. Of yeah. course, it's like sort of the transition of, hey, look, someone from the East Coast can finally beat Ken and all that, all that kind of stuff. But... I remember watching that even back in about 2006, but I never, I never like dove deeper. That was my, that's my story. But I'm curious about when you see something like, oh, now, now I'm forgetting. I remember Katar 11, but now I'm forgetting. Oh yeah, Taj versus Mango, the winner set. When you see something like that, what made you flip that switch to going, I want to dive deeper? Do you think it's part of your personality or did Melee bring that out of you? I would say it's more part of my personality because if you know me, you'll know when I get into something, I get really into something. Like, uh, I don't just have spreadsheets on Melee, though. The Melee one is probably my most in-depth. I have spreadsheets on, like, professional wrestling and anime and My Little Pony and all this other stuff that I'm really into. And just, like, all these very detailed spreadsheets about various different things. It's just, it's just how I operate. It's just when I like something, I really get into that thing. And I just go full in on it and melee is just one of those though so, melee is probably the one i dedicated the most time to if i had to say do you think it was because of other people in the community like edwin and then other people from melee stats it, that's what comes to mind first but mm -hmm. the community in general as a whole do you think that was because of the response that you would get from people who react to the posts that you would make and that would just make you dive into it more and more i'm i'm also remembering the person who said you didn't know enough and that you should get lost oh i'm sure that burned you to your core at first but the positive feedback was do you think that is what made you want to dive deeper or was it just you discovered that melee can go that deep the more you went um it was it's kind of both it's uh i was really into melee so i was going to do all this stuff regardless but well not all of it but most of it and when i released some of my stuff like the first thing i ever released publicly was uh I made this list in 2015 around when press start happened in like early 2015 of ev on Reddit of every single time a god had lost to a non-god in 
in history. And I posted that to Reddit and I got upvoted a lot and it got mentioned on the press star commentary. And that actually made me very happy. So it made me want to do stuff more. So then I started posting more stuff. The people on GameFAQs have always been ridiculously supportive of me. Um, shout outs to, uh, uh, Mask Cheek. Mask Cheek is awesome. They are great. I love them. Uh, shout outs to, uh, how do you say his name? Habefiet? We just call him Happy Feet. But yeah, he was awesome too. <laughs> um, his favorite set is also Mango versus Taj, the Genesis 2 and winners. So. Yeah. And do you think it's because it's specifically like how Mango can be so, so good at the game, but then also be very vulnerable at times that you really like the Taj versus Mango set? Because obviously Mango has taken other losses before and most recently and notably losing to Wizzy and SCL season two. But do you think it's because of the Mango factor or was it really Taj you really liked watching in that winner set? Um well, Mango was really exciting in that set, and I really liked a push and pull where Mango would like destroy Taj, and then Taj would catch him on one mistake and kill him. It's just a really back and forth fun set. And but I would say Taj is who really captured me in that set. Like I'm a Marth main, and I would say that's probably because of Taj, because just watching how Taj would obliterate Falco, it just it inspired me to want to use that character to try and learn how to do that. It was just it was just so mesmerizing to me. It really blew me away. When you saw Zane starting to rise to power then, was that something that you thought was really cool or did you feel, well, not threatened, but what's the right word? That probably wasn't your idea of who's going to push the meta or did you want someone new like Zane to push the Marth meta? I thought Zane was going to do it. I actually definitely thought that since like 2016 when I first saw him doing really good things because he did some stuff in 2015, but not really. Um, when he started getting really good in 2016, I was like, okay, this guy's. I think this guy's the future of Marth. He's pushing weird, weird pivot, uh, edge cancel things. He's gonna, once he gets his fundamentals down, he's gonna be amazing. I didn't foresee how amazing he was going to be. I didn't think he would be like the greatest player in, to appear in like 10 years or whatever. But he's just, he's, I'm just very happy to see a new Marth at, at the top because it's been so long since the Marth's been that good. And it's just, it just makes me happy because I like seeing Mark do well. He's my favorite character in the game. So, well, no, second favorite because I like ice climbers. But ice climbers are kind of weird. So, Mark. <laughs> well, especially with wobbling banned. I mean, it it almost necessitates wobbling being legal in order for ice climbers to yeah. have any sort of reasonable chance of doing better than a top eight appearance. Because if there's a floaty. I'm thinking of Peach in particular. I know at least enough about the game that I know that Peach and Ice Climbers is a little bit in favor of Peach. But a little bit. Without wobbling, it seems like it seems like you sort of have to have that that great bracket. And you know, it's if you take advantage of it, that's great. But if you if you do get an unfavorable matchup, then you almost have to bring along a secondary to counter somebody else's main. Or do you feel differently? Do you think that Ice Climbers can ever do, maybe, let's say, at a at an SCL, do better than Loser 7th in a top 8? No. I think Icy suck without wobbling. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think they're so bad. That? I think they're cool, though. I think they're a really cool and interesting character, but it's just they're never going to... We're never going to have that shoot at performance again. We're never going to have that wobbles performance again. We're never, I don't think, well, we pro we'll probably get some really good ice climbers eventually, but I don't think we're ever going to see the peaks that we've seen in the past from them. I think they're going to cap at like top eight, maybe top four at a major if you're doing really good. But like, I think without wobbling, I think Peach and Puff are so hard. They're just so difficult. I don't know how anybody does that. It impresses me insanely if Ices can do that. It is it is definitely a tough prospect without without wobbling. But I know that a lot of Spacey's players are currently going like, well, dude, wobbling is just like it's not a cool thing, you know? It's super boring. You just press A rhythmically. Anyway, that's all that's all fine and well. You have you have unranked and uh, yeah. you have a stiff sore hands for hours and days afterwards. It's all good. Yeah. So then. <laughs> Another thing that I'm thinking of when it talks when it's talking to me about Marth a little bit and you're willing to go as deep as you want to and that you very easily can, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Marth in terms of a potential 
potential best of five ban where FD would become a lot less often of a counterpick in Marth's advantage and in his favor. So if that were to happen, and I'm not advocating for it, by the way, I think best of fives are just about as perfect as they can be right now, in my opinion. But if you had a ban in a best of five and therefore FD disappeared, how does that change Marth versus the Spacies or Fast Fallers in general, in your estimation? Uh, I think it gets... I think it gets harder for Marth, but I actually don't think it gets that much harder. Uh, I think because Mar- I think Marth's really good on all the stages. I think he's just a really good character. Like I think he's underrated on some stages, like Dreamland. I think he's underrated on. I think he's actually pretty good on Dreamland, uh, which I think more and more people are starting to think because of Zane. But for a long time, it was like Dreamland is Marth's worst stage. I don't really think that at all. Um, really, I because I, I was thinking that. Dreamland. Just, just as a spectator, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Marth can live forever on this stage, dude. Marth is so good at everything. He's just—I don't think he'll. I think if we get rid of FD, which I don't agree with, but I understand it. Um, I just—I don't think Marth would be hurt that much. I think Zane would still be the best in the world. He doesn't need FD. He three O's everyone anyway. They never even go to FD. <laughs> and occasionally, and occasionally gets beat by Mango on FD. So that uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> I think I love. It, uh, I don't think it really makes a big difference because Mango could beat him there anyway. <laughs> He'll figure it out with the uh, with the specific the Mango matchup. And Zane has talked about this like at length. Anytime he gets asked about what's so different about Mango, and that's his thing. He's like, Mango is different than any other player that I play against currently, just because it Mango somehow just is different in the sense of rushdown and doing mix ups and whatever else stuff that he says that I forget his exact <laughs> words, but. Watching the Mango Zane rivalry is so interesting because Mango has been at the center of a lot of classic rivalries in yeah. the past and yet is still competing. From your perspective, on an all time perspective, do you think that it's just how Mango can continually stay relevant, even if there are slumps? But just always coming back and looking better than ever? Do you think that's that's the biggest strength that Mango presents? with the, his entire career or what do you think the greatest thing of Ram Mango's resume is as a whole? God, Mango's insane. He's so good. He's been so good for so long. His longevity is, I think, severely underrated. I think he has the best longevity in the history of Melee. He's been around for so long. He's won majors in like 12 different years or something like that. Like, I have a list. I forget the exact number. I think it's 12. It's 12 or 13. It's just insane. He's just been good for Forever. Literally forever. Since he started, he's been good since before Brawl came out, and now Ultiman's out, and he's still top two in the world. And it's like, he's so good, and I I don't even know what his best thing is, because everything about him is so good. His aggression's great, his defense is great, his aerial drift is amazing, uh, way better than any other Spacey. Uh, he's, he's just such a good player. I don't know what to say about him that, no, that nobody else has said. It just, he's Mango. He just, and he has so many classic moments. He has more classic moments than any other player by like five miles. It's not even close. Uh, it's just, he's, he's really good. He's really good. (laughs) And then the last question about Zane, or probably the last one, we'll see. I might think of more, but when it comes to your all time list, how do you put Zane on there when his smash career especially compared to somebody like Mango, is very, very young. Yeah. Zane started, I want to say, 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. but that might not be true. It probably was probably earlier now that I think about it. But how do you put Zane's really recent performances in the past year in the online era, how do you do that as well as accounting for the online era? You could just talk about yeah. that too for your all-time list. It's... You're accounting for the online era now. Yeah, me and Edwin have talked a lot about this recently. It's about how do we factor in online? Because initially when I started, I was like, oh, no, this is going to count. But it went on. It's gone on and on and on. And people are taking it more seriously. And now that I personally played on rollback, I don't really feel like it's that different from CRT. I think it's definitely worse than CRT, but it's not that different, uh, in my opinion, as a bad player. Uh, so I think it's interesting to think about. And me and I would have been really thinking about this because... Zane's dominant streak on Netplay is up there with some of the best dominant streaks we've ever seen. You know, like you know, like Ken's prime in two thousand five or Armada's 
awesome reign in late 2016, early 2017. Like these, like these mammoth legendary runs that people have had and mango from pound three to pound four. It's, uh, Zane's right up there now as one of the best runs ever. And it's just, it's hard to really evaluate him because his peak has coincided with a time when melee, you know, is kind of in a weird place with online and, and the pandemic and everything. Um, I think me, me and Edwin have talked a lot about this and we've like said he's probably like top 10 all time now. Uh, it's hard to say though. Uh, cause it's just, we don't really know where he goes yet. We need to see how he does on land again and to see and see how everyone does on land to see how we can evaluate the rollback stuff retroactively. Cause it's really hard to know how to evaluate these until we see what its effects are on melee going forward. So I just need to see how everything comes together and if Zane can keep this up and then he's definitely one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, he's definitely up there as one of the greats. He's like, he's just been good for so long. He won so many majors in this past year alone, just with net play. He won like all the SCLs. He won LACS two. He won four local fight night. He won uh summit. So he's just, he's destroying everyone. And I think, when Lang comes back, I think he's still going to be destroying anyone, everyone, honestly. I think he's just going to keep being one of the best ever. And I think in a couple of years' time, we're going to be we're going to be talking about him in the same vein as like Mango, Armada, and Hungrybox. I honestly believe that. I think he's going to be right up there. Especially if he's able to continue playing. And I, I hope that everybody is able to do that as well. Yeah. Because one thing that you get used to, I'm sure, is being able to compete from the comfort of your own home. I think that the the big the big asterisk that it's more than the fact that netplay may have these little glitches here and there maybe there's occasional desyncs and that sort of thing it's the fact that we can't get the rest of the world in on a yeah. on a close enough CRT feeling CRT esque you can say where it's not quite there but it's close enough like you said because mm -hmm. I I feel that way as well despite having never played Slippy I've talked to enough people okay. <laughs> The point is, is that it's people like Leffen, it's people like Frenzy, Ice, mm -hmm. Pipsqueak, all of Europe, basically. And yeah. then there's, you know, the occasional, like, decent player in other places of the world. I'm not trying to discredit other regions, but yeah. we're, I'm thinking of Europe. And, oh, Triff, my bad. Thinking <laughs> of Europe in particular, where they can't play over in North America, despite the fact that the internet is just there, but it's not quite there. And Zane's been able to play against people like Mango so much more often, so much more often than in a normal year because of online. But it's also because of online that we can't have everybody, quote unquote, in the mix. Yeah. And that's what I think we'll have to wrestle with the most in the in the future is the fact that Europe had to play against itself and North America had to play against itself. It's just going to be like, oh, if only the internet at the time was better. Maybe yeah. the internet will get good somehow <laughs> to allow that in the future. <laughs> Press F to doubt. We'll, we'll see. But that is, I think, in my mind, the biggest obstacle to trying to make uh, some sort of top 100 or any sort of ranking for the online era because of the fact that Europe and North America cannot play against each other. All of Melee Stats agrees on that. That it just It's really hard to say. Like We never got to see Zane versus Leffen in this past year. Leffen's been dominating Europe. Zane's been dominating North America. We don't know. Maybe Leffen could beat Mango. Maybe Leffen could, could be the best player in the world right now. And we just don't know because he can't come over here. It's just, it's so annoying for Leffen. Whenever he has a chance to be the best in the world, something always goes wrong. Like the Visa yep. back in the past and now this. It's just... Something always goes wrong. And when he was first getting good back in 2013, he got banned. And then it's just, everything is just, everything conspires against Leffen being as good as he should be. So I hope when Lang comes back, he gets to come back and prove just how good he is. I really hope so as well, because I, I, it's, it, it is interesting to me how I not only have noticed this, it's more of the fact that Leffen has made it very clear. It's like every time, every time I'm about to take over the world, something dumb happens. <laughs> yes. But 
I'm hopeful that something like Summit 11, even if it's not that event specifically, where Leffen is able to make an appearance just because of how things are sort of like eh back, but also not back at the same time. Yeah. But a year from now, maybe it's Summit 12 or 13 or whatever number it is by then where Europeans can come over, like the travel restrictions are, are lifted more because of everything being more safe and more vaccinations, blah, blah, blah. We might have to wait that long, and it would be so tough, but hopefully between now and then, more and more IRL stuff can start to happen as it gets safer. I mean, what are you looking forward to the most when you think about IRL and the return of all that? I just wanted to come back. I just love Melee. I need real Melee to be back, none of this fake Melee. <laughs> Uh, it's just like Summit. <laughs> I want Summit to happen right now. I'm so excited to see Summit and see all the best players in the world coming. Leffen's, Leffen's going to be there almost definitely. There's no way Leffen is going to... Tr- Leffen's going to do everything in his power to be there. Even if like he's going to like smuggle himself on a plane, he's just going to he's gonna swim across the ocean. He def- <laughs> There's no way Leffen is not going to get there to prove himself against everyone. He- Leffen has a mission, and I think... I'm just really excited to see what he does at Summit, if he can make it there, which I'm almost certain he will. Uh, I'm just really excited to see Summit. I'm excited to see where Melee's going to go after Summit, if there's going to be more IRL events, like more like small, like invitational style ones, like throughout the regions. I think that'd be really cool. Um, it's just we need... I don't know when Melee's going to come back. My prediction is that we're all going to be roughly back in like a year ish maybe a little less i think like in 10 to 12 months we'll be we'll be back and it'll be and we'll all be happy again and the world will be right and everything will be correct and we'll be playing real melee (laughs) on crts or monitors though crts please (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i couldn't help but pop the bubble you you were probably being mostly mostly sarcastic or mostly genuine saying that whichever with a hint of the other yes a perfect yin and yang positivity but also going well we may not get there in one piece but we'll we'll land on our feet and i'm looking forward to return of of irl type stuff because i'm i've got my first shot second one's coming in the beginning of june me too or what have you my my second shot's june 1st Oh, June fifth. Well, hey, hey, hey. Hopefully, 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 it goes well for for both of us. So, if I'm able to go to my first tournament ever, either in a local way or or whatever ends up happening, like it's going to be super cool to like have this newer perspective of one of like you know the where I can finally express how much I love the game because. It's just been in and out with me ever since 2006 where I'm like, oh, so people play this competitively. Oh, that's so cool. I would love to do that. Oh, but I'm, I'm too young. And then it was, I'm too this, I'm too that. I just talked myself out of it every time. Yeah. And like, I was finally starting to uh, work up the courage, if you will. And then the pandemic. So you could say that Leffen and I are almost very similar. <laughs> Not because I'm about to be the best player in the world, but just- Hey, you I'm never know. Gonna let- you never know. No, 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 no. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be someone who really enjoys going to a melee tournament. Like I can't wait for 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 that to to actually happen because I I feel like it's just been however many years overdue. So I'm really excited about it too. I'm I hope that you have a great time because for me it's just with Smash you gotta like when I first got into Smash in my opinion you can't. To go in thinking, oh, you're too young, you're too this, you're too that. Like, if I thought that, I would have never done anything. Because I got into Smash when I was 11. And I would have never done anything if I thought I was too young or I was too nothing to do anything. I just did it. I just did what I wanted to do in the scene. And I got to where I am now, which is not, like, an amazing place. But it's, like, a place I'm happy with. I'm nice and comfortable. I get to be on this amazing podcast. And it's just, I'm just very happy be with where I am and I think if you put yourself into something that you really care about uh no matter what happens you will come out the other side uh happy with yourself so I really hope you get to do what you want <laughs> that's very kind of you to say one cool thing is you are the Pikachu 942 of the Melee Stats Discord that's literally like a Discord server role and yes. I believe it is only for only set for you so that's really really cool Yes, that's I'm, that's where you do most of your public discourse now. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm I'm the Pikachu nine four two. They were gonna because I came in, uh, I left and came back, 
And when I came back, melee stats was going to give me back my melee stats roll because I was I'm in melee stats. But then I was like, no, 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 give me a Pikachu 942 roll. <laughs> I was and, and they gave it to me and <laughs> and it's just and I'm always in there. I'm the I have the most post in there by like a mile. That's where if you want to talk to me, just come to the melee stats podcast Discord. It's my that's that's one place. Yes, yes. absolutely. It's my home of residence. <laughs> And can we can we talk about how you want to do an Isaiah documentary? That's one of the posts that I randomly saw. You said I want to make an Isaiah doc so bad, or something like that. Is it is it just because of the Isaiah too good meme? His documentary episode for the Smash Brothers has technical mastery over sixty four and melee. Like what what about Isaiah specifically? And I know that it's technically pronounced Isai, but it's I'm I, just it's, it's Isaiah. It's Isaiah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. <laughs> Um, it's it's his middle name, and so I think he would know how to pronounce it. So, uh, it's um, the thing about Isaiah is he's my favorite Smash player ever. Um, he's just, I think his story is so interesting and so like enigmatic. Like he just he showed up, you know, three oh four, and he's just this amazing player at sixty four and melee. Whenever he devotes time to them, and sixty four, he's the greatest player of all time. He basically single-handedly made that scene because he you know he started in like 03 and he became the best player in the world really quickly because he's great he like studied all the characters he like invented the tech for like all the characters um he went to japan and he basically made their scene um which is interesting like the scene already existed but when isaiah went there and beat all of them he like inspired them to get better and do different things and then he went to Peru and he basically discovered them and how good they were and integrated them into the scene. He went, he's gone to Australia before. He's gone, he's gone all over the world just for Smash 64 when there is nothing, there is nothing for him with Smash 64. 64 is even lo- lower on the totem pole than Melee in terms of like prizes and stuff. Like he's not going to get anything for what he's doing with 64. He does 64 because he loves 64. And I think. It's so interesting how he just loves the game so much that he basically forced it to have a competitive scene just so he could play it with other people. And I thought that was so interesting. And it really inspires me. Like, if you love something that much, you have to, you have to force it to be, right? That's how I feel. Like, I love things a lot. So I put all of my stuff into the things I love to like force them to be bigger and to have other people enjoy them around me. And it's just, you got it. If you love something that much, you have to spread it with the world, you know. And Isaiah is just like the perfect representation of that. He loves sixty four so much, he literally spread it to the whole world. And I think that story is something that needs to be told correctly. And I want to do it one day, but I need to get interviews with tons of people and all this other stuff. It's definitely like what I want to do now. It's like my ultimate goal. The Isaiah doc, and then you can. Well, no, don't leave us, Pikachu. Don't nine four two. Sorry, don't leave us, Pika. Please. So, hopefully, you get to do that at some point. But yeah. that's going to be like the the six hour, ten hour documentary. It's going to start out like with some kind of ridiculously over the top or dangerously understated yes. big opening thing where yeah. it's like. You don't know how much somebody can love something and will it to continue to live. Yeah. But you're going to in about 10 or so hours yeah. if you watch this the whole If I make thing. an Isaiah doc, it's definitely going to be at least five hours long. At least. And it's just, God, I have so much to say about so many things. I'm really bad about that. <laughs> but yeah, and then actually. Well, no, I, I think that the more the merrier if you have good material and it sounds like you have amazing material to work with. Someone who goes worldwide let's go and then just makes things pop up out of nowhere oh you don't really like smash 64 well play me and see how much you like it after that oh i guess i'll just start a competitive community and you can go to somewhere else isaiah we got this (laughs) yeah it's so cool i know it's so cool um there's a there's a really good story about um the current best player in mexico jaime hr he didn't have the internet to play online 64 so isaiah shipped him a router and all this other stuff so he could play good online so with 64 so he could play other people he basically oh. brought that guy into the scene and i i think i remember um there was an interview with jaime where he talked about that and uh he like he said that he cried when he got the router and everything it was like isaiah's helped so many people get into 64 
it's he just wants people to play it. And it's just I don't know. I think that's so heartwarming. Isaiah's never gonna never gonna know this, but I'll just say it for the sake of my own record keeping, because I do this podcast partly to continue to say stuff about myself that I can I don't know, show my kids or something when they grow up. But <laughs> I play 64 to this day and I do that because me and my brother will play together and when we do get to see each other we play 64 because we've been doing it ever since we were both like really really young and then it's thanks to Smash Father and the rest of the Smash Remix development team to add characters into the game to add stages into the game but still keeping that 64 spirit alive and humming and adding into the game whether you want to play vanilla 64 or if you want to play smash remix like the game is extremely playable yeah. replayable i i still love playing it on console and so it, it's it's so so cool it's such a cool game and i love melee i do love melee also but i, I have such a warm heart for 64 and i'm glad that somebody can be out there like isaiah who infuses the love of 64 into the masses <laughs> yes he is uh <laughs> he is shoving so cool it down everyone that. like you will love 64 you will love it <laughs> it's just i love 64 too it's my second favorite smash game i love 64 a lot i play it a ton it's actually the game on best because i play it so much <laughs> oh oh you know Pika, I feel bad. I had a question. I saw, I looked up Pikachu942 on YouTube and I saw this YouTube video where you're playing in a Smash 64 set versus somebody else. You were the blue Kirby and I think they were like regular skin Falcon, something like that. And you were kind of missing some Z cancels <sighs> and Don't show not me quite that. connecting on things. No, I just, do you, do you feel like that is totally an inaccurate and unfair representation um, of how I don't, much you love the game and how well you play? I don't, I don't even play Kirby. I play Pikachu. So I, I was going to say, I was like, why why, why Kirby? Was um, it just because you didn't like the Falcon match? I don't like uh, the Falcon match. As Pikachu? I don't like the Falcon match with Pikachu. It's too volatile. They just kill each other all the time. And Kirby wins the matchup. Like, my Kirby's really bad. I just, my Kirby's not very good. My Pikachu's actually pretty good. Um, who was I playing? What Falcon? I think I know who this was. Uh, it's probably the first thing that comes up when you look at Pikachu 942 Smash 64. Oh, it's like, it's yeah, like it's on the... Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's when I was on stream, when I was playing Smash Con, I think. Um, yeah, right. I, play, I played really bad. Just... I played really bad that set. I remember that set. Um, but yeah, it's exactly. It's just a snapshot, like a very brief snapshot in like the mi millions of games that you've played of Smash 64. And I yeah. felt so bad. I was like, I'm, this probably isn't a fair representation, but I still feel like I have to ask you about it to say, you know, what's the story? What's happening? And I'm already learning a lot of great info. First of all, you're not even a Kirby main. So that yeah, would like help Pikachu. explain My that. My Pikachu is way better. Um, yeah, if like 64 is the only, the only game I've made money in at tournaments because... That's it's the only one that I'm good at. So like we had a player in in Smash in on Staten Island who's the best who was the best player here. He had never lost a set before here, and then I entered my first tournament in '64 here, and I double eliminated him, which made me feel really good. <laughs> oh, let's go, let's go. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and yeah, I just I really like '64 a lot, and I like melee, and I like everything. You know what my ultimate goal is? I'm gonna retire when I get good enough at melee. To make top 100, and then I write my own blog on the top 100, and then I leave. <laughs> <laughs> and at number 69, nice. Yes. We have. <laughs> uh, do you think that? Okay, so you have 64, the love of 64, the love of melee. But do you think that as time goes along, you know how people talk about how the top tier characters in melee will eventually be all we see? We'll just have a bunch of top eights with maybe one puff or maybe one peach but it'll be mostly falcons and and the spaces and marth yeah do you think that as time goes on melee will be the only smash game that continues to persevere despite everything especially since they can't make smash games forever or they shouldn't i mean masahiro sakurai has to stop at some point and maybe they'll just make somebody else do it but i mean the, eventually it'll topple in on itself but do you think that melee will stand the test of time for another 20 or 40 years um i think for a while um it's gonna be melee and whatever the new game is because there's always new hype around that but whenever smash stops being made 
um, like 30 years after the last Smash game is made, there's going to be one Smash game left, and it's going to be Melee. And Melee is going to keep going. Because I think people love Melee too much to stop playing it. Mango's going to be like 80, and he's still going to be playing Melee. It's just... No one... No, you can't stop playing Melee once you start playing it. There are people who retire, who say that they're going to retire, they come back in like a week. It's just... You can't stop playing Melee. It has a hold on you. And it's just... It's so difficult to stop because it's just so much fun. Like, why would you want to stop? Because it's one of the greatest games ever made. And it's just... That's how I feel about it. And I think in a hundred years, if any Smash game is left, it's going to be Melee. It's enough to make me overcome... Well, okay, I also want to give credit to the Alston Melee podcast and the Wannabes podcast for helping me get over my fear of, oh, but maybe I just shouldn't like do anything... But Melee itself, as the game, managed to help me over the course of many years overcome my, oh, I don't know if I can do this sort of thing. Like, I could talk about the game, and I could talk to people about the game, and it's going to be fun. Like, mm -hmm. who cares? Like, if I'm not a top player, like, exactly. I just love the game so much. Exactly. So There's... I really appreciate you being willing to come on. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I am think I'm starting to run out of questions. Is there anything? <laughs> I was going to toss it to you, but I think that... Um, in the interest of time, do you want to start to wrap up or did you want to keep going for a little bit longer? I can go as long as you want me to, but I have, I just love talking about Melee. I can talk about Melee all day, but it's just the thing about Melee is that there, there is a place for everyone in the scene in Melee. It doesn't matter if you're a bad player. It doesn't matter if you're like, if you barely know anything about the game, if you just came into the scene, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you are. You can always get into Melee. The Melee community is amazing. Everyone, if you put in the time and effort into anything in Melee, you will be appreciated for it. That's what I've learned. As someone who has put their time into writing articles and making all-time stuff and recording stats and everything, as somebody who did that when that wasn't really a thing that was going on very much in Melee when I started doing it. It's just, it just made, and I was appreciated for it, even though I was not really a good player. And I'm still not a good player, but... So it doesn't matter how good you are at the game. If you love the game enough and put your heart into it, you're going to find people who appreciate you in the scene. And I think that's something that everyone in Melee should know about. That no matter what, you will find a place here. Oh, that's very sweet of you to say. That's so cool. And I, I think you're absolutely right. But now I'm sort of curious as to whether or not you think you could beat... Whether you could beat the prime Crimson Blur in a Marth Ditto. Uh, well, Blur sucks, so yeah. Let's go! <laughs> the only way for Blur to defend himself is to come on here. There's just no other way to do it. I mean, yeah, there's, there's no, no other way to do it. No other way. That's so, that's so awesome <laughs> that you're not afraid to... Oh, that's so awesome. Let's go, Pika! Let's go. <laughs> okay, so here's something else that I saw that I had forgotten to ask you. Why are you called the Prophet of Doom? Apparently, you called Flipsy over Mango, and I have no idea what the context is. And does any of that sound familiar to you? Uh, well, yeah, I did call Flipsy over Mango. On the podcast before SmashCon, we were reviewing the bracket, and I said, Flipsy's going to beat Mango. I'm not even joking. He's going to beat Mango. Clip this when I'm right. And that is what happened. And nobody believed so me. So this is like an actual SmashCon tournament melee singles, and it's a best of three or whenever it happened in bracket. Yeah. I don't even know who Flipsy is. <laughs> uh, Flipsy was, um, at the time, they were number one in South Florida. They don't really play very much anymore. They're an ice climbers. They go by the tag Captain Darling now. Um, CPT Darling. They're in some rollback events occasionally, but not very often. Uh, they played Mango at SmashCon 2018, and Flipsy won, and Mango DQ'd out of losers, because <laughs> he lost really early. Yeah. So, Flipsy. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then Armada retired after winning that tournament. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just... And that actually reminds... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I, I called that. Well, nice call. That... That is definitely like, you know, I think everybody else in that video were shaking their heads at you and yep. you're just like dead serious. Like, way to go. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I know who, uh, or Captain Darling is. Okay. That's great. And speaking of Florida, that actually makes me think about whether or not you have each state 
be in a power ranking of what the best state is, either currently out of melee players or all-time melee players. Obviously, California is there. Florida's there. What other state comes to mind that I'm not thinking of that has really strong players currently or had really strong players as a whole? Um, well, obviously, California and Florida are the best ones. That's not really up for debate. I think um, all-time, obviously, MDVA has been amazing. Zane, Chillin, Chu, Azen, wife, husband, etc. Um, Tri-State, um, or more specifically New York, has always been great. Um, I think even right now they're really good. New York, New Jersey, that area. That's. I think they're really underrated. I think they're really, really good right now. Um, what other places? What other regions? Uh, the Midwest. I want to give a shout out to Brantos and and all of Texas melee. Yeah, you know, players yeah. like Albert and Justice. Yeah, shout outs to shout outs to Texas. You got you got Blues Clues. You got uh, all these other great players in Texas. Bobby Big Balls, I guess, is there right now. So I don't know where he is. He's like he's everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Texas is great. Uh, great region. They're very big. Uh, Arizona has always been underrated and will continue to always be underrated. Uh, the Midwest is great. I think every state in the Midwest is pretty good. Uh, Ohio, Michigan, Minnesota, uh, Illinois, all those places are great. Just, I'm the kind of person who, because I know every, every player in all the states, I think every state is good, except Wyoming. Wyoming sucks, but every other state oh, is no. great. Yeah, there are no good players in Wyoming. Shout out to all of my Wyoming smashers. None of you are good. Oh. Well, that's just a call out, you know. Yeah. In well, the same way you got called out and came back better than ever. Yeah. And, how about and, how about some, somebody from Wyoming prove me wrong and get really good? I want to see the first good Wyoming player. Yeah, they could be W Y and then their player tag, and and we could hear Wyoming chats. Wyoming, <laughs> the next super Wyoming. major. Oh my gosh, dude! Wyoming, nobody cares about Wyoming. Wyoming is not very good, but all the other states have at least <laughs> one good player. I don't know. I just. I love every state in melee because I love looking at all the regions and figuring out where all the people are. I know like random people and on all the region PRs. Just I know like who's seventh in like Champagne. I think it's like coffee right now. Maybe Captain Pretzel. I'm not exactly sure, but I know all the players there or whatever. So it's just here. Let me let me let me try and play a little a uh, little bit of keep up with you here. Is Newt the best Idaho player right now? Yes, Newt is definitely the best player in Idaho right now. Not even close. Newt, Newt. I love doing that when I <laughs> Newt, sparingly Newt. visit Newt's stream. I always love just doing that in all caps. <laughs> I know. I don't know how much Newt actually appreciates that or not, but <laughs> I always, I love doing it. Yeah, Newt's the best player in Idaho. Uh, good players that's awesome <laughs> yeah. uh, when you um when you see when you see different events being run online in this online era do you think it's a little bit of a uh, copy and paste especially when something like the awesome melee bender comes along and just sort of blows it out of the water with how they did the presentation of the entire event side events content 24 hour stream well actually it was a 48 hour stream but you get it do you do you wish that there'd be a little bit more variety or do you think that there needs to be a lot of I hate saying copy and paste because these TOs work very hard and players compete a lot, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mm -hmm. At the danger of making myself sound ungrateful for Melee, do you think that more variety is good or do you like it where it is now with the online scene? Uh, well, my thing is is that as long as all the streams are serviceable and all the players and the spectators are having fun, I don't really care how it looks. It's like, for me, I just love seeing Melee. I don't think it needs to be like this all of these like different unique ways of looking at melee and all this stuff i think if you just give melee to somebody they're gonna love it and you don't really need to do much more with that i think what Alst what alston did was great and i would love for more stuff like that to happen but if it doesn't happen i personally am not really that upset about it because we're still getting melee every single day we're getting a high level melee every day there's i don't really have anything to complain about <laughs> What would you say that you're working on right now, aside from the long-term Isaiah documentary that you feel comfortable sharing for the people who are listening? Uh, well, I recently finished the first draft for a script for a video that um, will be on the Melee Stats channel eventually. So I just finished Let's that. Let's go. It's going to be the first one directed by me. So 
directed by Pikachu. 942, let's go! And it is about something that we have already talked about today. <laughs> As I oh, see, that's awesome, because we have bounced around a lot, and yeah. so that's just like, oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's awesome. Wait, I already know what it is. Never mind, you don't have to tell me. I don't have to tell the people, but I know what it is. I can't <laughs> wait to tell you after we're done recording and for you to say, maybe, and that'll be enough. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Uh, yeah, that's going to be... Yeah, I, I just finished the first draft for that. Um, we just got to edit it and then make the video and produce it and everything. Like, only the script's done now. So there are going to be other videos done before that one, but that one is coming for sure. That's really cool. That's something to look forward to. Awesome. Where can the people find you? Um, they can find me uh, in the Melee Stats Discord. Obviously, that's where I'm usually always talking. I have a Twitter uh, twitter.com slash gch underscore pikachu942 um, I have I have a Patreon if you want to support me for some reason I don't know why you would do that uh, patreon.com slash pikachu942 and yeah that's where all the people that are into Melee could find me on the Melee Stats Discord on Twitter on uh, on my Patreon I don't really tweet that much but, I'm all, but I'm, I go on Twitter at least once a day so you could find me. If you like DM me, I will talk to you, probably. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's where you could find and, uh, me. And, and any other closing thoughts that you want to leave the people with? Shoutouts you want to make? Uh, Shoutouts to Melee Stats. Shoutouts to uh, Gimme Dat Wheat. Uh, sh- to Ambus Sinister. Uh, and that's it. I can't think of any other Melee Stats members that I would feel like shouting out. Oh, let's go. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Shout outs to everyone else in Melee Stats. They're all great. Uh, Shout outs to the Book of Melee. That's a really good book. You guys should all buy it. Um, And then shout outs to Edwin Budding. He's cool. Uh, I like that he made the lawnmower. And then, yeah, there's shout outs to Melee. Oh, shout outs to SSB underscore seal because I love him. Okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Seal's been making waves recently. Yes, I'm so happy he's getting better as a player. He's getting better as a commentator. <sighs> I love Seal. Okay. Let's go, Seal. Let's go, Seal. Alrighty. Let's see. Uh, from my own perspective, I don't really have anything else to add, but Pikachu942, yes, go be a Raichu-level supporter of this person. Pika, thank you so much for being on me with Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Pleasure to be here. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, Transition. You made it. Thank you so much for being here for another interview, for continuing to listen to me now that I'm just ranting by myself. By the way, shout out to the moment where I thought what the big secret project that Pikachu942 is working on, and, well, I was not correct. (sighs) I guessed wrong. It do be that way sometimes, so I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find out at some point, and it's going to be awesome, and I'm so happy that Pika gets to work on such a big project and get help from the rest of the Melee Stats Collective. And whenever it comes out, I will certainly be retweeting, commenting, liking. Maybe I should just unsubscribe from the Melee Stats YouTube and resubscribe again. That doesn't really help, probably. (laughs) So I'll probably do something else. We'll see. What else do we have to talk about? Uh, There's not really anything that I can think of off the top of my head if I'm being perfectly honest with y'all. It's not like nothing's been happening across the Melee sphere that I feel is worth talking about. It's just more like I'm tired and I have another day of work tomorrow, including some podcast stuff that I'm including as work. See, there's a an occasional reliable-ish Wi-Fi over in the warehouse that I work in. So is it possible that I would be able to go in a little bit before work starts and do some podcast official business instead of doing work official business. We shall see. But it's still top secret as of now, I guess, because I don't want to disappoint any expectations. But the fact that I'm saying I'm going to do some extra stuff that I don't normally do is probably raising expectations. Hmm. Things to think about. I will get better at this content stuff as we go on. Maybe I won't tease such things. But when people tease stuff to me and to my podcasting audience, and those were those were great teases, by the way, Pika. A lot of exciting 
prospects and thoughts about what this big old project is for this new Melee Stats YouTube video that you are directing. Let's go! And writing, all that other stuff. When that happens, it makes me want to tease stuff too. <laughs> Maybe I should just stop inviting people on who have big projects that they're working on that they're willing to tease because then it just makes me go, I oh, frick, I need a big project. Can I make a documentary? Nope, I can't. Don't have Wi-Fi at home. I don't really have any sort of video editing experience or video experience in general. So, uh, okay, never mind, my bad. Ugh. All right, so let's see. There's not really much else to talk about. I, I promise there's not. So thank you so much to everyone who is still listening. For those of you who are newer, that's cool. Please join the movement and continue to spread the good news of the... <laughs> the podcast <laughs> for those of you who have been here since day one thank you for being day oneers you will always be number one in my heart you see that because you're day one and so you're number one in my heart you get it did you get it <laughs>